Fair the Burn, episode 38. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I know that this might sound a little weird. It's because I'm recording it off of my phone right now. We will get into the episode today, which I'm very excited about. I had my good buddy Odyssey of the Senor on. Um, definitely whiten up his name right there, but don't know any other way. So... Before we get into it, I just want to thank you guys for being here. If you're viewing this on the YouTube, you know, it's just the logo right now. We'll get into the video in a second. If you're just listening to it, I know that this is a little different than how it normally sounds. That's because I'm recording this right now on my phone. Again, we will get into the episode in a second. But I wanted to read a message that Odyssey sent me um, the night after we recorded this. And it says, he had texted me that he got home and he said, so good to hang out, my guy. I was thinking on the way home, I think I got Roe versus Wade backwards on the podcast. Um, I think it, it getting overturned and abortions able to be restricted was an overall bad thing for us as a people group. Um, the church should be the moral compass, not the church enforcing belief by means of the government. So there's a there's a moment. There is a moment. Sorry, I thought the recording had stopped. There's a moment in the podcast where he talks about Roe versus Wade and how the church should be the moral compass. And he says on the podcast that he thinks it's a it's a victory that we that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And he didn't mean that. He meant the opposite, that the church should be a moral compass, but it was probably an overall bad thing for us, which you'll kind of see in the podcast because I questioned him about gay marriage after that. And if it should be, um, if he thinks it, it would be a moral victory for us to overturn gay marriage. And he says that it wouldn't be. And I was kind of confused and I wanted to move on. You'll see this in the episode or hear it if you're listening. But... Yeah, just wanted to clarify that before anybody gets canceled out here. Thank you guys so much for continuing on this journey with us. And please enjoy episode 38, Life Group 3 with Odyssey Via Signor. Pretty face, go whipping in a rover. Take her out to dinner, got the chicken with the coleslaw. Lies that I told her, love you, but it's over. Need to be alone, but baby, maybe when we're older. Life ain't a science game, my thoughts over sirens. Instead of putting up fires, I might just lie in the violence. I need some love for a liar. I had to ask the Messiah that he don't look on the weekend or turn this wine into water. Sometimes I wish I never told you the things in my head I'm sorry I can never hold you The day that I left, I'm sick of looking for the old you Cause she disappeared, so I don't really ride with no one the rest of the year Toxic like the liquor that she drinking just to medicate I thought I ran the game and then she hit me with a hesitate Whoa, Let me meditate, oh, set the record straight I'm stuck up in my head while you've been posting just to celebrate Stuck in the past, it's like I'm running in place I got the gang in the back, we like to bump to the face Players play, haters 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is Odyssey via Senor. Uh, checking his microphone, doing the thing. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 38 of Fair the Burn. It is life group number three, uh, and I am here joined by a former jump rope team member, the man who I drove the first night with that I got my license. We went and got burritos, and I ran a red light. And uh, someone who I'm very excited to, to have on, on the podcast today, it is Odyssey via Senor. <laughs> How you doing, sir? <laughs> good, man. Good, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, uh, of course. Do you remember that night? I do now that you've mentioned yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we went and got Los Betos. We got Betos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I and I ran a red light. It you was the, sure did. The night I got my license, bro. So that was, um, it was really late at night when that happened, yep. right? Is that why we didn't get in trouble for that? Uh, it was late at night and there was like nobody around. But dude, yeah. think yeah, yeah. about it. If there was a car passing through that, I mean, we would have been, you know, out yeah. of luck. So, yeah, not here today. Not sure. here today, but God's got our back. Um, me and Odyssey got some, got a little bit of bruise. We've been trying to set this meeting up for three At least weeks. 20 minutes, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like just like all of my friendships, all of my relationships, all of the people I'm trying to get on this podcast, we make plans, they fall through. We make plans, they fall through. Normally, on my end, has nothing to do with the other person, always on me, but we're here now. Um, Odyssey, here now. Odyssey, I am glad that you're here dressed yeah. just like a bank teller. Just as I am, yeah. B- because that is what you are. That is what I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to start off uh, before we get into anything about the life group and about church or anything. And I want to say I always looked at you as the leader of our group. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I always, other than me. Um, because, <laughs> I was like, there it is. That's what I was expecting. Because I'm egotistical. <laughs> but like, I even looked uh, looked to you a lot of times because I felt like the leaders, the people around, I mean, your your family mm. was very connected in general to the church. Yeah. Um, yep. And you yourself were someone who I think the leaders always trusted and tried to, I wouldn't say put in charge, but I would say if there was a moment of charge to give. Give a little bit more responsibility to. Yeah. yeah. Not, not definitely not in charge in any would way. Would you though, agree yeah. with that at all? Like, did you ever view yourself kind of like in that? Um, to it to an extent. Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they ever put me in charge. But when it came down to like, okay, I need to do you know X, Y, and Z job, and one of those things isn't going to get done by me. Okay. Rashi is somebody I can trust with item Y. I will give that to him and we'll we'll figure out the rest later. So would I I wouldn't say that I was ever, you know, I guess the the implication with in charge is like more important or more core to the group. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. that in in any way. Somebody they can hand off responsibility to a little bit easier, because I was present more often, I guess, is a good way to say that. And I, I think that is actually a good way to summarize that. I was present more often. Right. Yeah, just a, a face that they they knew would be in on on a Sunday. They knew I was going to be there. On a Wednesday, they knew I was going to be there. So it had more to do with like the fact that your family was more involved and thus kind of through proxy making you more involved as well. Yeah. So they know that you can be there, so they know they can rely on you. Yep. That's interesting because I always kind of viewed it more as like they legitimately kind of viewed you as having more um, like gifts 
Oh. Rather than kind of like an innate, than a like earthly responsibility that your parents may have instilled yeah. within you. You know no. what I mean? So, in the way... Yeah, let me hit you with my my perspective. Is like you have you, you ever thought I was the leader? <laughs> We're getting there. Um, it, like, have you ever you ever worked in a retail job where like you have a regular customer and at some point you're like, oh man, why would I do this thing when I know they can take out the like? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, like when you're working at a job and the person comes in to like shop and you're like hey go fold that shirt <laughs> well okay so i i was a i was a barista for a couple years okay. and we had regulars who would come in and i'd be like man you can take the trash out like you know you know what i mean <laughs> like, no dude that's amazing no you yeah, did that no, no it was like well and if they were there all the time yeah you know we could trust the them trash with, out. yeah we can trust them like oh man i'm closing tonight i know you're here and i'm like Dude, it would mean the world to me if you, you know, did like, or like, could you, if you would wipe down that table, you would be my favorite person. And they're like, oh yeah, sure. I would love to do that. That's where I feel like I fit in most. It wasn't, it wasn't even that like, I wasn't that, you know, that person or me is important to the, important to the church or necessarily is even paid. It's like, he'll wipe down the table. Of course he will. Like, like, he'll he'll pick up chairs. I know he's going to be here. Like he will do it. You and know. it's like a favor. You're kind of like asking for like a favor. Yeah. You're not necessarily yeah, yeah. saying like, hey, do this because you're going to be the best person to wipe down the table. Yeah. But it's more no, like, no, 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 no. You're no. here all the time. You pay your dues. <laughs> you know, like, you like, know how to wipe down a table. You can figure this just out. Just do it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And that that's more of how I feel like their, their perspective was. And actually, um, I know. From talking to some of the other guys, I think a lot of them have landed closer to where you are thinking that's true, whereas I don't think that's the case at all. But it was also me, so maybe I was just blinded by the the whole experience. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I I, I think it's a little bit more of the second. To be honest with you, you. And, yeah. I, and I do, um, and I can kind—I can definitely see where you're coming yeah, from, yeah, where yeah. you're like, "I'm around," but I, I think a lot of us looked up to you um, in a lot of different aspects. Because I—I I don't know, man. I just—I uh, don't think that any of us are perfect. Obviously, no, absolutely not. But I just think that well, you, you are. But I am. That's yeah. true. Uh, if I was naked, I'd be more perfect right now. But I have clothes we can on. Make that happen. We could on the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fair the burn. Um, but unfortunately, this is YouTube and we have to stick by their guidelines. So, <laughs> you have a Patreon. Oh, we do have a Patreon. You yeah. Have a Patreon. Guess how many patrons we have? Patrons? Uh, three. Less. <laughs> we have less than three. It's a great site, though. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff up there. You could be our first patron be, today. You could be, uh, watch Chandler be naked. Yeah, I am actually going to start coming out with a series where I do uh, a 15-minute podcast every other week in a Speedo. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to get people on our Patreon, dude, but no one wants to join. So I'm doing anything I can. We might switch over to OnlyFans. That's that's some inside baseball right there. Um, but yeah, man, but Odyssey, can you, can you tell me, bro, uh, I'm super fascinated in how long you were with the church. Um. The pursuit specifically, right? Yeah. Because um, I know that your family was there for a long time. Yep. You recently just, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say got done with the church, but you recently have no more reason to go there yeah. as far as attending or serving. I definitely have no more ties there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when was the first time 
that the, you remember going? The first time I actually remember the the first time I was there, uh, semi well. Um, I first attended back in hold please. I'm doing some doing some math in my head. I was in the third grade, Holy so I don't know gosh. where where that puts us. If age wise. Yeah, if I we think graduated like eight or nine. in yeah, if we graduated in twenty yeah, I was yeah, eight or eight or nine. If we graduated in twenty sixteen at the ripe old age of twelfth grade, yeah, nine nine years prior, so two thousand seven, two thousand six would have been my first time there. What was like was it so the church, our church, um like the original church like started the pastor moved from California because he, mm-hmm. him and his wife felt that they were called the Boise, mm-hmm. and they started doing stuff out of their garage initially, like out of their living yeah. room, out of their garage. Yep. It started to grow and grow, and then they moved to like a, like movie theaters. And the movie theater is where I joined them. Okay, yeah. uh, what so. movie theater was it at? It was the Real Theater on Overland. Oh, like the yeah 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 the dollar movie theater out there. Yes. Okay. I know so little about movies and movie theaters. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's like a small place. I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's I was like, if we like, drove to it, I could be, be like, yeah, that's where it was. But You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, I remember that place. I used to worship God in there. I Donuts. I ate lots of donuts. They had so many Dude. donuts. They had donuts every Sunday. That was wild. Yes. That should be a thing that every church does. Donuts. Get donuts every Sunday. Uh, and free coffee. That is something that I noticed at other churches. Free coffee. They do coffee bars where you pay for the coffee. Fuck up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Absolutely not. No. Free coffee, just like the pursuit. Donuts. Yeah. And all the snacks. Yep. And then sell your t-shirts. You can do this too. It's fine. Sell, yeah. Um, sell that's, the t-shirts. That's awesome. Donate to the church. Were you connected with like, what was like the children's group like back then? It is actually exactly the same back then as it is today. Um, they called it Extreme Life even back then. Wow. Uh, that's, case, just, that's kindergarten through fourth. Yes, mm-hmm. kindergarten. Oh, it was actually kindergarten through sixth back then. Okay. Yeah, uh, kindergarten through sixth. They had no middle school presence at the time. There was a developing high school group, to my understanding, but as a third grader, you know, what do I know? Um, but yeah, once you hit uh, sixth, seventh grade ish, at that point, you were in the main service, right? Um. But yeah, no, no kid, through, no K through fourth. That did not exist yet. Wow, wow. But the fact that they still called it Extreme Life yep, it to w- me and kept that name is so crazy. Yeah. So extreme, so Extreme Life is actually not the pursuit's name for it. Did you not know that? Is it like so? I know that they have like a, um, like a do- not a doctrine, but a what's the a curriculum they go mm-hmm. by? Mm-hmm. Is it part of the curriculum? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So Extreme Life is part of the the Orange series. Okay. It's a it's a curriculum based down in the based down in the south, and they actually write curriculum for all age groups and uh, a bunch of different demographics. One of them specifically is their elementary age range. They call it Extreme Life and base it off of uh, two hundred and fifty two basics. Luke two two fifty two. Yep. So yeah, Extreme Life. Not even a not even a pursuit name. It was like. This is from the company Orange, who writes the curriculum, and wow. even to this day they use uh, they use Orange. Um, even Hill City now uses Orange wow. for some of their uh, some of their younger groups. Hmm. Like it is still a, still a very active curriculum. Do you know why it's called Orange? I have no idea. Do you remember what Luke two fifty two is? 
I know Jesus is involved in it. Jesus is involved in it. That's <laughs> right. It's something like, and Jesus grew in both spirit and men. It's like talking yes. about how they want them to grow oh, like in the in spirit of God, mind, body, and but uh, also relationship like, with God. Yep. Yeah. I like taught a spread. lesson on that. I should have known. <laughs> like from the renewal stage, <laughs> I should have known that one. Was that your senior speech? No, I was. Um, I was in college for that. So no, not my senior. My senior speech was, uh, or at least for these guys just now, was uh, based off of "Live, Laugh, Love." That was the punchline for my my speech. My guys were so mad at oh, me. Oh no, dude! You t- you gave them something off of a no, Hallmark card I told instead them, of the Bible. I told them there are three. The three most important pieces of advice that I can give you are to, you know, live in the moment. Uh-huh. Make sure that make sure that you're taking advantage of every moment that you possibly can be, and just be present. You know, get off your phone, enjoy life as it as it comes. Take opportunities to to laugh was the second one. And don't forget to love God with all of your mind, heart, soul, strength. Live, laugh, love. I hate that, <laughs> dude. No. No, I would have been. No, no. I would have been your students. I would have been your students. I would have been like, get this man as far away from me as you possibly can. Put him on a train, Shanghai this motherfucker, and send him away. I spent six years in this youth group to listen to Live, Laugh, Love. No. Uh, that's crazy, dude. Yep. That is so crazy. Um, speaking of, uh, so, I mean, to kind of get into it, can you kind of tell me, we were talking about it off the podcast right before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, each life group has a leader or multiple. Here, just cut it all out. Okay. Cut it all out. I don't know why I just did that, but it stopped recording. We're back now. Um, some that the editing on that is gonna be tough. Uh, Do you know when it stopped recording? Yeah, fuck it. We'll just like right there. <laughs> um, so Audrey was telling me off the podcast before. Uh, right each, now, each life group has a leader or multiple sets of leader that lead them um, in discussion after the sermon. And Odyssey got involved with a with a um, younger group when we were in high school with a middle with a middle school group. But you still attended our like high school life group on Wednesdays. Yeah. So when I hit seventh grade, um, actually we'll explain that transition a little bit. So when we, our grade was going into the fifth grade, um, or excuse me, the, the sixth grade, uh, they decided that with their new intern in tow, they were going to start a, um, a new, a new classroom for just middle school students, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade uh, students. So, um, sixth grade, we jump into jump into that. Seventh grade rolls around for us, and at this point, it's still a new enough thing that it hasn't made its rounds among you know the the congregation yet. There's not a ton of traction to to get adult leaders. So, at this point, Andrew is just looking for anyone mm-hmm. like to to hop in and i was like i'm a seventh grader sign me up yeah. like get me get me in there if i can help i'm gonna i'm gonna help and so i that's that was the beginning of uh my service with uh what with what well i guess was already renewal but um with helping younger kids so as I moved into high school at that point, they were like, okay, now we can officially recognize you as a 
Wednesday night midweek renewal leader, and you're going to help out with this group of kids who is uh, going into the sixth grade. That's what we decided, right? Mm-hmm. The incoming sixth mm-hmm. grade class. Three years younger. Yep, three years younger. Yep. Yep. So uh, what was the question? So you move through with them until you're a senior. Yep. Right. Until I was and a senior. then when you're a senior, they say that because these guys are in high school now too, they're in ninth grade, you're in twelfth grade. Yep. It's a little weird. Yeah, it, and um weird yeah, weird was the was the word they, they chose because it's not that they didn't think that it was a good idea to do. They were mostly concerned that if I went to high school camp, uh, I was going to not be a student gotcha. at that camp. And I was also going to go to the middle school camp where I was also not going to be a student. So they were like, hey, you should really consider just being a being a present body and enjoying the camp rather than feeling like you're here to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Or caught in to, some weird middle ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of like, a, like am I a student or am I a leader? Yeah. Or And actually, that, that conversation turned into, um, on, on most Wednesday nights, if that group didn't have the, uh, the leadership, I was actually skipping our life group uh, to go hang out with, with those guys. And they decided for, you know, it's senior year. This is going to be your last. Oh, Holy Spirit. Who lives in the reverb? Okay. Holy Spirit. I don't know why it's doing this. I'm gonna have to make some serious cuts. This might be an audio only episode. <laughs> are you are you ready for something brilliant? Uh what do, what what do you mean? It's your senior year, and this is gonna be your <laughs> final what what was you gonna, laughing it's at? It's gonna it's it's gonna be your senior year. They want you to be a student, <laughs> right? Don't. Yeah, final year to be a student. So they decided and well, again, ultimately, it was my decision to to do it, but I'm just going to be a student and yep. focus on developing myself. Be a student. Don't worry about anything else that's going around or you know going on. Just be present mm-hmm. in the in the moment. You know, live, mm-hmm. live in the moment. Yeah, live. Uh, the the core principle to Jesus's life. Number yeah. one, the first <laughs> L. Uh, so when they took you from, you know, your first group, I not take you, but like when they, you mm. know, kind of suggested maybe that it would be a little awkward for you to be leading these guys, yeah. you would know where to fit and then gave you this different group. Like, um, did you feel any certain type of way about that? Like, did you wish that like you could still stay with that first group? Like I put out the call to that first group that I, cause we, we saw it coming a long time in advance. So we said, Hey, I'm going to be moving to this other group because of the the age difference. If you want to come down with me as a student leader, now that you guys are in ninth grade, come down with me and uh, we will be leaders together. And a couple of them actually did. It was really cool. That's awesome. Um, so I got to be be their leader in a in a different way than I than I had been before. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, did that go into like any like sort of like mentorship? Like were you like mentoring or or uh, not disciple is it men- mentorship and discipleship, mentorship, right? Discipleship. Yeah. yeah. Uh no. Uh okay. ultimately the the couple guys that I did bring down, a uh, few of them moved to some of the a uh, couple of the grades lower than the one I was in and uh, some of the ones that had stayed with me in the the grade that I was in, mo- all of them ended up uh, going out and doing their doing their own thing. Which you know, all the power to them. 
so I never, I didn't actually get to see that go all the way out to the to the end. But some of them did stick around, and I know that I think one or one or two of them is still around for another year. So that's you know kind of exciting. Yeah. I'm not going to be there for that, but it's kind of like <laughs> Odyssey cut his ties, man. It cut his ties. Uh, cut his ties and cut the podcast short. Like, it's stopped three times already. So, um, your group that just graduated, though, how'd you, how'd you like those guys? Pretty awesome? Oh, they were awesome. Yeah. Uh, I... My, my only sadness with them is uh, I wish my life hadn't gotten so busy during some of the more important years. Mm. Um, so I could have spent more time with them. Those the, those couple years immediately following college for me were not. Um, they were they were times that I needed to oh, probably needed to just stop being a leader for a little while. But mm. I was like, I'm gonna just just show up and be a warm body in the room, and that's really all I was. Sometimes was be a present, warm, warm body in the room. Yeah, you're present, but you're not present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, some like the the nice thing about the way I was busy um, during the the season that I've got in mind in particular, I was a Bible college student, um, and also volunteering at a at a high school program, and a volunteering at a different middle school program. Uh, so I was writing like three or four lessons and sermons a week. Um, so I was like, it was always on my mind, and I was like, I can just regurgitate the thing that I learned in class today, and it'll be fine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, how long did were you at uh, your Bible college for? Oh, um, under under two years. Okay, under two years. What were you studying? I never actually picked a degree. Okay, and let me tell you why, because I never decided to go full time and. When an opportunity came for me to get out, I did. Hmm. I just didn't want to. First, I, I, this is a this is a whole thing. We're gonna. I'm deciding right now that we're cutting this into a segment of the podcast because you. I haven't seen you since I uh, actually joined BBC, right? No, I I saw you after BBC. Did like, I get a? Did we get a chance to talk about it at all? Not really, because we were drinking. Because we were going out drinking, and I didn't really, I didn't really want to bring up BBC. Uh, you should have. I would have had a lot of uh, shit-faced, random things to say <laughs> that I will tell you now that were being recorded and put online and online at for the Patreon.com forward slash Fair the Burn. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, uh, I mean, just some backstory before we get into your time at BBC oh, okay, and uh, yeah. while we were there. I mean, both of our direct leaders went to BBC. They did, yeah. Um, and that's a big reason why a lot of us wanted to go there. Yep. Um, I personally thought that our life group was going to start a church somewhere uh, from like 8th to about the middle of 10th grade year. We, we're we going to talk about this, but um, some of us stuck it out. At BBC? Well, no. Uh, or at like, at, like, starting a church. Like, some of us are still there. Oh, to, interesting. But we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, all of, our, all of our direct leadership all went, to, all went through Boise Bible College, learned, you know, got their, their theological foundation there. So, naturally, as... Uh, Somebody who was heading in that direction of like, oh, I want to start a church. This is the group of guys I want to go with. Uh, 
Harrison, myself, and Nathan Davis all ended up at, at Boise Bible College. Mm-hmm. You know, we did the we did the thing. Um, that was one of the one of the most formative times in my life. Uh, it was one of the, the most formative times in, in my life learning and finally being able to put words to some of the, some of the feelings and theories that I had had in the, in the past, but I'm now old enough and like independent enough to put words to them and be like, Oh no, I was right. These, these folks actually suck. Mm -hmm. And I hate this. Like we, do you remember at any point having a conversation about, uh, you know, if you're trying to find your purpose in life, think about what makes you angry and that's where you can find out what you're passionate about. Yeah. They had a word for that, like divine anger or some, something like that. Yes. Righteous anger. Righteous anger. That's what it is. Yeah. Find the thing that you're like righteously angry about and that will be your calling in life. And, being at Bible college is where I found the thing that makes me the most angry. Um, and to put it really simply, I don't like it when people use some sort of like just religious egotism to be like, I'm right and you're wrong and I know God because I have a degree and you suck and are going to hell because of it. Like mm-hmm. the thing I would say the thing that drove most of us out of the of the life group in the end was that attitude. Mm-hmm. And it was the thing that that got me out of going to Bible college. Did I tell you I got hit by a truck? Yeah, when you were on your bike, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, and that's yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I was biking to school, uh, biking to the the Bible College, and that weekend it was Friday morning. That weekend, uh, EBC has an event called the the All Campus Retreat, and for underclassmen, it is absolutely one hundred percent required. Okay. And honestly, not not so bad. Assuming that you lived on campus, because it was like a eight in the morning, you listened to sermons and whatever messages from people all around the valley, you know, telling you about their telling you about their church, their congregation, like what are some of the some of the cool things that they've learned, yada yada yada. It was really neat and informative. Are they like pitching you their churches, or are they not really? It was more like previous students coming back to be like, hey, this is some of the experience that I've had in the real world, and here's how. Uh, my education at BBC has helped me. So, gotcha. like, it, genuinely, I think it's a, the idea was really cool. Um, in practice, it was, I have to go to school at eight in the morning today, bike from school to work during uh, their the college's lunch hour, bike back to school to do uh, another class, bike to uh bike back to work because of course I did um from there normally I would go home but now I have to bike back to school because their uh the campus retreat was starting that night was ending at like 9 p.m or something where I'd have to bike from school back home to sleep 
just to go back to school again at eight in the morning, stay there the whole day um, until like eight or nine o'clock at the, in the evening, bike back home to sleep, bike back to school in the morning where I was going to have to miss uh, volunteering on Sunday for school um, knowing that I had a paper due on Monday. Wow. So at some point during all of this, I'm supposed to write that report for who became the guy who was the president of the school at the time. So he knows the retreat is happening. He knows uh, that all of us in that class have to be there. And he chose to put the due date on that Monday. Yeah. I was like, this is absurd. And I was so mad uh, about having to do that. So I'm biking to, I'm biking to school that morning and I am just very upset. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, uh, I, there was a guy who ran, uh, ran a stop sign and he, he hit me. I on like honest to God, like he, when, uh, when I got hit, I got bumped, got thrown into the, into the middle of the road. And I was like, I stood up, I actually walked myself back to the, back to the curb and, was fully anticipating having to go back. And it wasn't until the ambulance arrived and they told me, hey, man, you should probably stop asking people how their day was. Because um, <laughs> I was, like, trying to make friendly conversation. I was like, these people are helping me. I'm going to go Just back Just got to hit school. by a truck. Like, hey, man, how are you doing? I was like, I got to keep my attitude high because otherwise I'm not going to get back to school. Um, yeah, so you're still planning. Like, after you get hit by the truck, you're like, your mission is I was still, like, like my, I still got to get to school. Yeah, my thought was, like, I'm going to sit here and rest for a little bit, and then I'm going to continue going to school. I'm definitely going to be late to first period, but I'm going to go back to school. Like, mm-hmm. that was that was where my head was at. And then the ambulance showed up. They picked me up and took me into the ambulance, and it was at that point that I realized, okay, I'm probably not going back to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um that is the most tangible way that God has ever spoken to me because I wanted out of that retreat so bad. Mm. I was like, God, I will do anything to get out of this retreat. And I got hit by a car. Wow. Like, and just because of like the exhaustion and just going back and forth. And I mean, it just seemed like they were overloading you guys. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what it was is, um, their philosophy was, that this is a a boot camp for your spiritual life. Mm. And again, this the, all very good theory. All very good theory where we're going to take these kids, we're going to you know rigorously train them to be, you know, reliant on God to form the habits needed to have a robust and healthy spiritual life as they move forward into ministries which will probably be uh, just as or even more taxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all things considered, like the workload at BBC was actually less than what I had in high school. Okay. Um, so, and probably less than most people's like undergraduate programs. Like I genuinely think it wasn't that bad. I just want to throw out real quick. You did go to a high school where you can graduate with your associate's degree. So you were probably used to a bigger <laughs> workload. Just going to throw that out there. Um, I did do that, but I wasn't con- going to include that part, but I did do that. You did do that, but continue. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, the all, like all all things said and done, it wasn't really that bad. The where it broke down in practice was they assumed a lot of all of their their students, and for the vast majority of them, staying on campus was a pretty reasonable expectation. But for somebody like me who grew up in who grew up in Boise, kind of knew the area and 
if I could find something to do off campus, I was going to do it off campus mm-hmm. because, you know, most of the kids are coming in from Oregon, wherever, and they're like, oh, I don't know anything about Boise. I need to get food. I will go to the, you know, the cafeteria or whatever. Um, Just on campus. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which, like perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable for anybody who was committed to staying on campus. I was not, and I didn't want to pay to stay on campus. So mm-hmm. that it really brought into into perspective again the the like egotism of hey i'm going to train these students up in this exact way and anyone i'm going to make it hell for anyone who's not doing it in this exact way mm-hmm. um and i think god is bigger than that mm. that's really what it comes down to is you want to train somebody for an active life in in ministry, don't tell them to change ministries every year. Tell them to commit to one because your job doesn't get to change every single year. You're going to have to slog it through five, 10, 15 years of a, a ministry that's not very fun. And that's real life. Mm-hmm. Welcome to it. Not this boot camp, whatever, whatever. It just, it was not a good system uh, for anyone who was not hundred percent involved into that, into that system. And genuinely, I don't think it's, I don't think it was working. I know of three, four, maybe a handful of success stories from that school. Everybody else I knew, you know, pretty much dropped out. Yeah. Uh, and I've also kind of heard, I can't remember who it was that said this, but they said that someone they even knew, um, went to Boise Bible College and studied, like, preaching. Mm-hmm. And they were a better preacher before they went than after. Yeah. So like, even, like, it can kind of beat some of your gifts maybe out of you. Yeah, so here's a here's a here's here's an actual really good example of what you're talking about. There is a class at BBC that, in theory, is really cool. Um, it's called Hermeneutics of Preaching. Hermeneutics of Preaching? Te- one of those words. Hermeneutics of Preaching is what we're going to call it. Um... And the idea is that all of your all of your preaching should start with the foundation that the Bible is truth. Which again, in theory and on paper, sounds pretty good. But if you assume that everything in the Bible is true, you're also probably assuming that everybody in the crowd agrees that the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to reach anyone who doesn't believe that? Right. Where do you... You don't. Is you the, can't. Is, you don't. You can't. It is an impossibility that you're going to be able to do that. And that's the mindset that they approached a lot of their ideas with, is that they we're going to have a conversation about relativ- relativism either on or off the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've had it on this podcast before. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So um, Christians, a lot of Christians believe in the, like, there is no such thing as relativism. There is only the the divine truth. And I actually believe that that's true, mm-hmm. but we need to redefine the word relativism. Okay. Um, because what is truth to, to one person is different to another one. If, you know, old, old Greg comes in here and, like, punches you in the face and then gives me a dollar, our opinion of Greg is going to be different. That is just fact Mm -hmm. because our experiences will tell us that this person is or is not 
an absolute dickhole, right? Right. And that's just how it is. Like, I do believe that God is the ultimate definition of truth. I do not believe that everyone is given 100% opportunity to experience that truth in a way that we should force everybody to live by that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think that you can um, force anyone to live like Christians, like how God calls people in the mm-hmm. church to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I can't, I can't remember if it was Josh or if it was someone else who said this, but it was like someone. It might have been Andy Stanley actually. Yeah. Who said um, you shouldn't treat people who are far from God. You shouldn't judge people who are far from God for being far from God. You shouldn't. No. Because you can't. No. Yeah. And I feel that. Um, how political are we allowed to get on this? Dude, we talk about all sorts of shit. Go ahead. Excellent. So, uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned mm-hmm. uh, very, very recently. And genuinely, uh, as a Christian, I feel like that is a victory. Okay. Because um, as, a, as a Christian, I believe that the moral compass of, of a people group should come from the church, not from the government enforcing it on okay. people. Do I believe that uh, abortion is wrong? Yeah, I believe uh, abortion is wrong. And which is to say that I myself and my wife are not going to get an abortion should she get pregnant. Am I going to force that upon anybody else? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And if they decide that that's what they want to do, all the power to them. I will be sad that that that's the decision that they come to, but I will support them. Right. You know, and, and even further, if they decide that, you know, five, 10 years down the line, they decide that that was a, a a good decision, then awesome. I'm happy for them. If the stats are true and five, 10 years down the line, they decide it was a terrible decision. Okay. I'm going to be their friend at the end of it. Not this like, I told you so. God is so so powerful. It's like no. Let me let me let me lay this down. You're. I'm sorry that you feel that way. That it was a it was a bad decision. Can I tell you a little bit more about how I decided that? And you know, can we have a a conversation about this? Because I feel like there's a lot of, you know. Future hurt that can be avoided based off of what I know about this this guy who wrote a book this one time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I I don't think that was the most articulate way of describing how I feel, but I feel like I got the point across. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can kind of see what you're saying. You're saying that uh, even though you would never judge someone or tell someone that they can't have an abortion, that you do feel like it's a moral victory for the country um, and for the people inside of this country for us to do that because you feel like the morality should be defined by the church as yeah. opposed to the state. Yeah, and I I genuinely think that's a I don't have to argue with that. That is a that is a biblical principle. Look mm-hmm. at Acts chapter two. Did they try to take over Rome by any means? No, they were like, hey, we're gonna submit to what Rome is saying as long as it doesn't interfere with me my direct worship with God. And that was like very direct. If they told me to stop praying, that's where I draw the line. Anything before that, I'll carry a Roman soldier's. You know, backpack two miles as opposed to one because that's what Jesus told me to do. Or you could go to like Romans 13, like at the beginning of that, where it talks about how the government is um, 
not destined, but um, it put in place for God. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're, they are there to do God's will. So unless they're telling you immediately to sin, then you should follow them. Yep. Yeah. They're the, they're the rulers that God put into place for you in that exact moment right there. And it is on you to submit yourself to so that. So can I ask you a hot button question on Absolutely, that? you can. Do you think that homosexual marriage should be illegal? <laughs> uh, in America, as a general principle, yes. I think the, the, the Fed should really just hurry up and make that legal. They should make it legal or illegal? Legal. Oh, it, I mean, it is legal right now. But I'm saying, like, by your definition of, like, we should find No, morality. I mean, like, it should be illegal for Idaho to not let it happen. It should be illegal for Idaho to not let it happen. Okay, I agree with that. Yep. Can Idaho currently say that you can't get married if you're a gay person? I thought so. I don't know. Oh. I thought that it was legal because that's what they're that's what a lot of people on like the Roe versus Wade stuff. In the fifty first state of <laughs> Fair the Burn, where it is currently illegal for Adam and Steve to get married, I believe that the Fed The Fed should make it illegal for them to continue doing that. If that's true in Idaho, that's great. I don't follow politics enough to know whether or not it is. Do you, okay, okay, do you feel like, I guess this is my question. Yeah, do you feel like it would be more morally acceptable because of the church and what they say about homosexuality? Mm. um, Would it be more of a win for us to say, to overturn whatever, it it was like 2015 or 2016 that said that uh, gay, gay marriage was like, federally legal, do you think sure. it would be a moral win for us to overturn that? Much like Roe versus Wade. No one's going to judge you here, yeah, bro. No I, one's going to judge you here. We're going to talk about flat earth in about like three or four Yes! So. <laughs> um, do, I, do I think on a, on a moral level, on a moral level, I'd say maybe not. Um... I think it would be a a step forward for us as a as a people group. Um but when it comes to when it comes to moralities as imposed by imposed is the wrong word. Uh, moralities as set by uh the Bible, you know, sure maybe not. Okay. I I think there is a lot of value in letting people make their own mistakes and learning from them. Not I'm not at all saying that gay marriage is a mistake, but but it is. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not at all I'm not at all saying that, and but I do think that there are times and situations where a person has a lesson to learn. And the only way for them to feasibly learn that is to is to make the mistake to do it. Um, and if I didn't think that, and if I didn't think God thought that was true to some extent, He wouldn't have given us free will to make the mistakes that uh, we that we do. Mm-hmm. Like my one of my students asked uh, uh, a few months ago, and I've been pondering the question a little bit ever since. If you know God wanted to give us free will. And therefore, he put the the tree in the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil inside of the uh, inside the garden, and you know we have the we have the choice and all that to not take from the from the tree, right? Mm-hmm. He could have just avoided that. Um, he chose not to. Uh, 
And I feel like that has merit on answering the question whether or not there is free will. Yes, absolutely. And I think God 100% supports that. But I think there is also a level of we are the, the image of God and the image of God is to be rulers of the of the dominion that, that God gives us, whatever that is for in a practical sense that's like, I have a bank account and it is my job to be wise with that bank account. Mm-hmm. We as a as a species need to learn through a tremendous history what a wise way to actually do that is. And this is the method that God chose to do it in. And I think that's really fucked up. Just the atrocities that happen to to human beings. But the other side of that is I need to trust that this is also, you know, if God is benevolent, that this is also the best way to do it, Mm. which is a hard truth to swallow. And I'm not even entirely sure that that's like the doctrine that I believe, but it's where my thoughts have led me up until this point. So do you think I'll come back later and let you know he will. Um, I'm going to be in Pocatello, but we'll see. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I might be visiting you sometime out there. So yeah, yeah. We'll see. Well, who knows? Uh, do you think that God knew that Adam and Eve were going to eat of the fruit? 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that God doesn't want slaves. That's the biggest thing is it's like God doesn't want us to not understand what is on the other side. Yep. Um, because if we, are, if we see what's on the other side, we then have the choice to say, no, this is what I want. Yep. Right? And it's like the, the imagery they used to give us in, in youth group all the time. If, you, if I ask you if you want some pizza... Yes. Right. And you don't want any pizza. Yeah. I'd be an asshole to give you pizza. To continue giving I, me pizza. I would the pizza. be like, no, yeah. no, no, take this take pizza. Take the pizza. Take this pizza. <laughs> yeah. It's Hawaiian. And they're like, I don't like pineapple on pizza. And you're like, you can take it. Pineapple on pizza is a good thing. Yeah, pound that, brother. Pound that. No, no, no. I'm just being the majority of people, but not. If- and if you agree with me, join the Patreon. Join the If pa- you <laughs> don't think that's a good idea, then. So Join the Patreon, obelisk. and we'll explain on that uh, on that show why pineapple is a good idea and why you should be more open-minded to try it. And just like anyway, Odyssey used to say back in the day, suck my obelisk. Suck my o- I forgot I said that. You, for a long time, dude. And then we did an episode on this show about Freemasons um, and how did they you? yeah about how they worship Lucifer. Um, <laughs> oh, that was Cameron's episode. Uh, no. You, well, you guys no. talked about it on we, Cameron's episode. We, uh, probably a little bit. We talked yeah, about a little bit. Freemasons it, a yeah. lot. Do you? Uh, oh yeah, dude. So I know an active member of the of the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Like uh, personally, know at this point. Yeah, I know. I'm, I know a couple too. Yeah, I'm yeah. so I'm so curious about what you've got. What well, you, bro, what you, you could about? you could go back to episode 16 and check it out. It's I called literally Al- cannot. It's called Altion Child Exposes Freemasonry. I am literally so enthralled by all the videos on the Patreon that I don't have time to go back. Hey, there's so much content on there. Patreon.com forward slash Fair the Burn. Uh yeah man uh we can talk about that a little a little bit off 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 air a little bit um, yeah, that's fair go watch episode sixteen go watch episode go watch all the episodes and 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 keep watching this one even though it's kind of a jumble of mess and we're getting through it we're getting through um it. cool man uh so I just want to hit on the relativity issue before we kind of move on before we continue yeah yeah um so are you saying so do you believe in relativity? In what way? In the case of truth. Like, 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 absolute truth. 
in the case of absolute truth, Mm -hmm. I believe there is an absolute truth. Yes. So the universe and the foundations of it wouldn't be relative to you. That's that's where I that's where things get a little bit more complicated. Is there an absolute truth to how it all came into being in the logic of the universe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Do we all experience that in different ways and come up with different conclusions based off of those experiences? Absolutely, yes. Um, like I said, if you know, I I. What is the I, I said old Greg earlier. I wanted yeah, to say Greg. Joe Rogan, yeah, but yeah, Joe Rogan comes <laughs> in Joe, here, punches me in the dick, and hands you a dollar. And hands me a dollar. Um we're going to have experienced that event in two very different ways and come to conclusions about how that event went and our opinions of how that went in two very different ways. Is there a hundred percent a concrete thing that happened at that moment? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did we come to very different conclusions about it and very valid conclusions about uh, what what that event was? Yes, absolutely. So I think that people just need to have more intelligent conversations about the word relativism is really what it comes down to. Do you think, okay, this is my last question about it. Do you think that that affects your salvation? Or one salvation? Do I think that affects one salvation? No, no, I don't. Uh, like, 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 this is my example, right? Like, uh, you have someone who grew up their entire their entire time in Islam, mm-hmm. right? And they kept all the Islamic like commandments mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is which is very similar to the Bible, like very mm-hmm. like Old Testament kind of Torah, Jewish esque. Yep. Um, and you know they talk about Jesus. They say that he was a prophet and all yep. this stuff. Uh, yep. So they know about Christ. Um. Do you think that that person's salvation is affected by their relative experience? I believe that if you think that the the creator of the universe is confined to just having known the exact name of that guy who was hung up on the cross that one time, that your view of God is too small. Mm. God will show himself to... Um, every person exactly as he needs to show themselves to or himself to every single person. It's not my job to be like, no, 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 no. It was, it was Jesus of Nazareth. It was definitely Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. I think about um, people, groups who are considered un. What's the word? Uncontacted. It's not uncontacted. Yeah, um, like people who like have don't have any like from the outside world. Right. Yeah, I think they're uncontacted. I think. That's what I, it think is. I think. I uh, think. That doesn't sound Put it right. in the comments below. Tell me why we're dumb. Damn, dude, you're way better at this than I am. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube. Uh. <laughs> um, when it when it comes to uncontacted groups, I don't think the obligation falls on us as white Americans to go out to them and then tell them who some Middle Eastern guy was and why that Middle Eastern guy is the most important person to them. God will reveal himself to them in the way he needs to do that. He doesn't need to use Jesus's name to do it. Mm. He'll do it the way he needs to do it. Mm. So you think that there are people who can be saved not through Christ? Necessarily. As we understand it in America. I, I do still understand it to be that Christ is the is the savior of all the people. It's just that we happen to know his 
his legal given name, whereas other people might know him in a more abstract way. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of a good example here, but uh, well, actually, most most people group have some sort of some sort of idea of like good and bad, and actually, good and bad will fit. Uh, into almost every single people group. And I think there is something important to be gained from that. But um, a concept of bad being over overcome by the concept of good, that's really what the entire Christian experience comes down to. We just have more specific words defining those things for us. The you know the the son of the son of Eve crushing the the serpent's head. We know the son of Eve to be Jesus of Nazareth, whereas somebody else might know him as I don't know the the spirit bird who is going to come down and eat the the worm of evil or something. That's a I don't know that's right. Or there was a, there was a con uh, there was an uncontacted tribe that got contacted um by i mean missionaries and yeah. they couldn't really explain jesus to them so they explained him as like the gate man like he is mm. the gate to like what can bring you to a higher place like that's right. kind of how they had to describe them yep. so they never knew him as like jesus or jesus or yeshua like any of those like actual terms yep. that you find in written scripture they knew him as the fucking gate guy yeah and if you again if you think that in order to be saved you need to know Jesus as the Savior. First off, no one in the Old Testament knew the guy's name was going to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Second off, your view of God is too small. And that's all there is to it. God is bigger than that. I would absolutely agree with that, bro. And I even, um, so I, I started this podcast with a friend of mine named Cougar um, mm-hmm. Coburn. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, man, like has really been diving into scripture lately. So when I met him, he was very far from the church, like not, you know, and I was kind of on the same same path of like really not yeah. knowing where I fit in and still kind of wrestling with Jesus and stuff like that, smoking a too much weed. Uh, but like over the last, since we started Fair the Burn, really, like I've really seen God move in him in a lot of ways that he's yeah. just now understanding might be God, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, that's cool. Like yeah. his yeah, yeah, yeah. way of being has been like more biblically and scripturally based without him even realizing it. And I had yeah. the debate with him the other day. I said, Cougar, even if you died, like let's say that he got hit by that truck, right? Yep. Before he fully realized, and he wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Keith. Yeah. That's the oh, only reason. That's the, that's the reason I didn't die. Yep. Uh, I cracked my helmet that, yep. that day. So yep. all of the wisdom from my childhood Mr. came Keith, together. dude. Dr. Keith Dr. Anderson. Dr. Keith and Mr. G- Ms. Jeannie. Dude. Shout out. I'll tell you what. I have a bike right over there that my mom got for me, and I started riding it with without a helmet around, and I thought about you. I did. And I was like, oh, f- frick. You know, for all the Christians listeners out there. Uh, he meant fuck. Uh, <laughs> Go on. I should wear a helmet because Odyssey could have died. If he, he, if would he wasn't have. wearing a helmet, he you would have died. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I, I agree with that. Um, completely forgot what we were talking about. Oh, oh, I said, Cougar, if you got hit by this truck, right, and you weren't wearing a helmet and you died unlike Odyssey, who lived because God loves him. Um, well, you. Go on. <laughs> and because Mr. Keith and Mrs. Janie told us. I believe that God still would have saved him. And it's not my call to say, yeah, you're going to go to heaven or not. But I was like, Cougar, I've seen Jesus working in you for so long that he's, you know, like, 
every other religion is is man reaching out for God, whereas Christianity, like to me, and people say this all the time, is God reaching out for man. Jesus was coming to you, man, and he was like really trying to get a hold of you. And now I feel like he's at a point where he's really diving into doctrine and scripture. Um, and I would love to introduce you guys because I think that you guys would have fascinating conversations. Probably would. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more off the, off the pod. But I totally agree with you where I think that if you believe that Jesus needs to be the abs- – like Jesus has to be known or whatever or you need to go to church every Sunday or whatever like to be saved and you need to get baptized in order to be saved and all these like foundational things people are like you have to do this mm-hmm. and you're, or else you're not going to go to heaven, I totally agree. Your idea of God is tiny. It's way too small. Yep. I mean, at that point, you are putting restrictions on the guy who made the logic of the universe. He gave you the restrictions. He gave you the restrictions. And there, I, it, this is not doctrine, and I will preface that with this, but uh, this with that, excuse me, um, that if you know that you should, you know, pray the sinner's prayer and, get baptized, you should do those things mm-hmm. um, because they are good practices, not because they are necessary. And mm. you'll see, like, going through the, the book of Acts where um, what are what are the requirements to be saved was a, a paper we had to write, an actual very insightful paper that I'm happy that I did do. Um, in the, I believe there are three different moments where uh, – Somebody is like saved and converted in that uh, in that very moment. I think minus Paul, um, a people group is saved and converted in that moment. There are different steps that they take to to do that. Baptism only shows up in, I think, two of the two of the three. Flying tongues only shows up in two of the three. Like, mm-hmm. not all of the pieces all fit into every single one, which to. BBC, I, I don't remember what their ultimate conclusion was on on it. I just remember it being very unsatisfactory. To me, I interpret that as, hey, if you know you should do it, you should do it. If you don't need if you don't know to do it, then God probably didn't want you to know that you needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Like mm. he's not gonna I, I genuinely don't think that if it was a matter of like life or, or excuse me, salvation and not salvation, that God made people who were allergic to water intentionally because then they could never get baptized. And that freaking sucks. Wow. It's a, it's a, like a really out there example. No, but that but totally, the point makes totally sense. sticks. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. That is fascinating, bro. Dude, this is why I wanted to do this podcast, man, is because you guys have all said shit. Like, and again, I was one of the guests um, for Life Group 2. And I said some shit that was pretty profound. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you and Cameron, The leader, some would say, yeah. I Thank you. And we'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, but um, you and Cameron so far, man, like, just I, this is why I wanted to reconnect with you guys because I really think that we all had something good, which kind of leads me. What Do you got a time? You got to be out of here? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. What's up with this church? You guys possibly might want to. <laughs> you look, you're looking for a youth pastor? I, uh, <laughs> here's the thing is the the more and more that I've become part of institutionalized church as a as a gathering on Sunday, the less and less I think that that was the original intention. Bro, give me some. 
Give me some, son. Yeah, continue on that. I I think um, that the church does need, like the, the capital C church, um, does need specific things in order to work. Uh, nuanced conversation about theology is one of those things that needs to happen. Um, a a robust set of relationships and social groups needs to be part of that. Outside of that, oh, and uh, um, not a constant need, but a a hunger for more growth in in its in its people. You know, just where we've got a we've got a group of people who play board games on Monday nights, and we just want to make that group bigger to bring genuine joy and the love of Christ to to people's lives. That can be church, and that's what the Bullocks are doing down in Australia. And I think that is not the not the like most ideal. But I feel like in many ways the most pure idea of what the church should be. Not this we meet on Sundays and you know, drink the drink the grape juice and hear about Christ from one one guy standing who we all up pay. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who we yeah, who we pay his salary. Like I think there are a lot of benefits to to doing that. Otherwise I wouldn't be part of a church myself. Um Hundred percent are benefits to that, and I think that Josh is smart enough that I do, um, I do enjoy all of his sermons, basically every single Sunday. Him and anyone else who, who teaches on a Sunday. However, I don't think that that rigid legalism of I need to show up on a Sunday morning at eleven a.m. sharp to drink this grape juice and this cracker that aren't even grape juice and crackers anymore. It's all like synthesize this, that, and whatever, because we need to be, I have so many opinions on communion. Uh, Mm. That structure is not, it is the lowercase C. It is the lowercase C. And I feel like if I were to walk up to any of the, the pastoral team at, at Hill city, and ask them, you know, is what we do here on on a Sunday the big C? I should clarify. What, do I need to Go clarify? Ahead. Yeah, we've never so, talked about the yeah, little C okay, so, little C, big C. Um, it, or the, both the word church, when we're talking about uh, uppercase C, we're talking about like Acts chapter 2, church, the, the bride of Christ, uh, as it's referred to in uh, a later book that somebody in the comments will write down below. Um, the like perfect idealized and actualized version of what the what Christ was trying to bring to the world. Whereas the lowercase C um, is this is the place that I attend on Sundays, and I absolutely believe, yeah, organizations, and I hundred percent believe that if I were to walk up to any one of the pastoral team at the at Hill City and ask them, is this the big C or the little C? They would all 100% say, this is the little C. The big C exists. We're trying to help facilitate the big C. We are not the big C. So that's why uh, I'm a part of Hill City Church. And I will say, too, uh, the one thing that you can't take away from Josh is that dude's brain. 
that guy mm. does have mm-hmm. a way of preaching and a way of speaking and communicating yep. that I think I wouldn't say is necessarily unmatched because there's obviously a lot of people who God's given gifts of speaking to. Yep. Um, but just I I still watch Hill City. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've yeah. never been, and I watch Hill City because <laughs> well, I'm good. like, hey. yeah, because Josh is a good preacher, yeah. and I don't always agree with what he says, but I, I but should. I think that's church, bro. Like yeah. you're saying, that's where you get into the nuanced, nuanced conversation. conversation. Like you guys, ju- you just had, bro. I'm talking. I'm telling you, you yeah. just had the sermon on the mountain talks, literally yeah. the, like the last month. Yeah. I've been watching them, hey. okay? <laughs> and I disagree with what Josh says by saying that Jesus, um, when he says that he didn't come to abolish law but to fulfill it, I totally disagree with what Josh says. Yeah, and I and 100% agree with it, and that's why we're going to have a nuanced conversation about it. That way we can get to our own conclusion of what truth is so that we can get to absolute truth. There it is. Or, or, even, or even besides that, bro, like I just feel like that was something that I've always felt comfortable with everyone in life group regardless. Like, if I had some sort of question, and maybe it's because we were kids, so we were a little less, like, knowledgeable and, like, scared. That might be a good thing, though. Um, that might have been to our benefit. But I even remember when we hung out after, you know, in 2019, right before COVID, when we went out drinking and stuff, I had brought something up about scripture to you, and Adam Casper was there. Do you remember this? Adam Casper was no, at Black... Dude, so weird. Adam was at Black Rock Coffee when we met up with you and Nathan and me... And someone else, do you have a bottle opener? I sure do. Bro, can I can I get one of these for me too? Um, and Casper was there, and me and you had had talked about something in the Bible where it was like, I, f- I forget what it was, but I thank you. Cheers, brother. So good. Um, I forgot what it was, but even I had brought something up, and you said, "Well, no, I don't. I don't think that it's like that." And I said, "Okay, well, why?" And you, from behind the barista counter, told me why you don't think that this scripture is why it is. And I told you why I think it was. I don't think we really came to a conclusion because uh, we were out in a coffee shop. Um, I was working. <laughs> and you were working. But, but yeah, man, like that's I definitely agree. I mean, I don't think that organized church is inherently a bad thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was how God initially set us up to be. Yep. I think God set us up to be just one giant big C with a lot of house churches which is yep. like what you see in a lot of early Christian churches where people meet at their house. You know, you draw sticks or whatever to figure out who's going to be teaching whatever lesson. Yep. And it's a, it's a lot more commun- like community-based. Yep. Yeah. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a more concrete example of how this is playing out over at, over at Hill City. We joined, um, my wife and I joined a, a life group there. They actually kept the, kept the same names. And there is a... Um, it's a couple's life group. One of the husbands and wives is the husband is like in the hospital at this very moment right now. Like, oh, wow. so, um, the situation is pretty dire. And at the moment that it happened, like when, when he was flown out to, to salt Lake, we were like, give us the word. We will drive down there right now. Like if you need something, we will drive down to Salt Lake right now, and it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Maddie and I offering to do that. It was like, oh, you had to leave your kids here in Boise. Like, can we take them out on like a on like a play date or something? Like, can we do something with them? We all downloaded Minecraft onto our computers because we wow. know the girls love mine or watching Minecraft creators. Like, I'm not saying that we're the idealized version of the church, but this is not like. Yeah, sometimes we see them on on Sunday, and that's cool. 
It's like, no, I just want to be there mm-hmm. for you. Um, in your like in your life, whatever you're going through, just you know, talk to me. Like, yeah. let's. I I just want to hear how you're how you're doing. Um, and I you know I say I, but it's not just me. It's everyone else in that in that group. That's what the church is supposed to be. It's doing is, life together. It's doing life together. Mm-hmm. Doing life together. Being there for each other. All of those like those core foundational principles that we learned growing up in a life group that I don't think we ever learned the gravity of what any of that stuff ever meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Cause when I left the church, everyone abandoned me. So it's all good, but, <laughs> oh man, I, I made a joke to Alex when I was talking to him, uh, that I was like, dude, we all live like five minutes away from each other. Like, how how have we not stayed in contact? And I found out, uh, I asked him about like where he was living. And I found out we are all actually within like five minutes of each other. Oh, it's you not a super joke. Close. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually, we've been within five minutes of each other for the last six, seven, eight years. And he didn't even have my phone number anymore. Like, yeah. Like that's that's not and that's not a dig on him. That's a dig on us as a collective. As a collective, we're getting the band back. Capital together. C, capital Church. C collective. Uh, yeah, man. Um, uh, just big change of change of gears here. Uh, what are some of your favorite camp moments? Let's start as a student. Okay, actually, do you have one that comes to your mind, like off the top of your head? Um, I will share this one because it's relevant to the, the previous point. Okay. Um, which is that, uh, at one point I went to a a winter camp. It was my junior year winter camp. Okay. Um, and at this particular camp, I was, it was a high school camp. So I was a student and I was supposed to be just a student. Um, we had gone to... And I say we, I'm talking about uh, Nathan Davis and uh, Maddie McBride. We had been at the at the middle school camp like a month earlier, so we had heard all the we'd heard all the lessons, heard everything, um, had experienced the camp before. We knew everything that was going on, and we could see uh, that in some ways they were struggling to make the schedule come together as as cleanly as they would have liked. And we're three people who have already done the schedule. So we know exactly what needs to be what and where. Also, we kept the same schedule for every single winter camp for so many years. So it wasn't like, it wasn't even like the three of us are like, oh, we're so smart because we were at the last camp. It's like, no, we've been doing this for a long time. Everybody knows that we're following a little bit behind. And we can all feel that. The three of us were just equipped to do something about it. Mm. And they told us to not do anything about it. And so we decided to do nothing about it oh, and then man. not participate in any of the activities for the next three days. <laughs> what did you guys do? We just hung out. Just chill, dude. We knew, like, we were like, at this time, we know everybody's going to be at this location, so we're just not going to be at that location. That's amazing. That's great, man. Yeah. Uh, that's a winter camp I would have liked to go to for sure. To dope. like show up and be like, man, I'm just gonna kick it. Yeah, we're just gonna like, and what 
like uh, there were multiple times where we would just be hanging out and they'd be like, hey, you know, all students in the place. And we were like, we literally did this a month ago. Don't at me. Like full grown adults would be like, yeah, these three high school students know what they're talking about. And we just walk out. (laughs) Incredible. You just look at them. I paid $150 to be here and do nothing. I paid $150 to not participate in this camp. And you're not about to change my mind. Um, you remember the first go camp? Which one? The first one, bro. The very <laughs> first one. Our when we, first one. When we were no, when we were sixth grade, that was the first go camp. Hmm. Do you remember this? I don't think it was called go camp. It was. It was absolutely called go camp. And you want to know how I know? How do you know? Because they had the duct tape part. And I remember walking in. I was there at the previous year, but go on. Okay. But were, were you there that year? I was there that year. Okay. Yeah. With the duct tape art. So, like, yes. I had been going to the church for, I mean, I started my fifth grade year, spring. So, like, going into sixth grade was the first time that summer I had the opportunity to go to a camp. Going? It, into sixth grade. Um, so, we had su- it was summer camp, right? And so, they considered you the grade you were going to be. Right. So, I started going to church on Mother's Day in my fifth grade year. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And then we st- and then camp was in like July or something of that year. And since we had graduated fifth grade, they considered us sixth graders, and we got to go to this camp. Yes, you're okay. right. You're right. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yep. And and when I walked in, I went, "This is crazy because people are spray painting shirts outside. They sure don't were. know what that is. There's a there's a there's an ice cream truck with soft serve. Snow cone, yeah. There's duct tape art on the ground. Sure was. And people are going nuts. They sure are. Now, now, the things involved in this camp, I think, are illegal if they're taken outside of a church camp. Do you remember Romans versus Christians? Yes, you do. Yes, you fucking do. This went from a one-hour podcast, Odyssey, to a two-hour podcast. Let's go. I'm with ready. With multiple breaks in it. Tell me your remembrance of Romans versus Christians. I I remember getting caught up in the hype about it. Okay. What, what was the game? Oh. We've, ta- we've talked about it on this, on this. It was actually called Bible Smugglers. Yes, it was called, it was called Bible, Bible Smugglers. smugglers. Yeah. And I've called it Romans versus Christians on this podcast. Um. That is factually incorrect. This guy's an idiot. I'm an, I'm the leader, uh, so listen to everything that I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bible smugglers was a game where essentially they broke up every life group and then they brought us into a room. And our leader Andrew um, was playing Julius Caesar, and he gave us like a, a, was, a, like yeah. a, a warning because he's an actor, bro. Like he, he did a he good job. He was an actor, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, he'd either say to your group, "You're Christians. Yep. You have been given the Spirit of God." And your yep. job is to deliver churches, um, Bibles from this church located at one part of the church yep. to another church located in the other part of the same church. So they're acting as if there's two churches inside of this one church, churchception, totally weird. And then he'd say, do that. And then to other groups, like to our group, he said, you are Roman soldiers. We were Romans. We were Romans. We were Romans. We were Romans. And I'll tell you what, because me and you went through this game together. We were Romans, Okay. He said, you guys are Roman soldiers. You guys, yeah. his job is to stop Christianity at all costs, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Wow. Yeah. And me and you turned. We turned We Christian. did turn. We That's what happened. Because all of my memories of that game are as being a Christian. So we must have turned pretty, 
pretty early. You know what? I remember that conversation now because we met with um, it was Travis, wasn't it? Travis, who is yeah, it might have been Travis. Um, but I remember finding uh one of our student leaders and him telling us you can come to Christ, and then he drew a, a fish on our hand, and that was the yeah. the mark of the Christian. Yeah, yeah. Did we tear down a church before we became Christians, though? Did we? I, me and you. I specifically remember going into a chur- church, right? Church, yeah. Quote, unquote, church, inside of the church, churchception, and finding a Christian there. First of all, I remember lining kids up. I remember, like, lining kids up down a hallway with, like, a bat and being like, you're not going anywhere, Christians. Uh, <laughs> but I also remember... Um, opening a door, seeing a hallway, and there was a guy named Ty, who used to be a leader there. Yes. Pretty sure he was gay. Not saying anything about him. Just thought he was. And I remember him being at the end of, down there, and I was like, man, this is a church. And I remember, like, throwing Bibles around and, like, flipping tables. And you remember any of this? I remember the come to Jesus. I remember turning Christian. I distinctly remember lining kids up, flipping the church, and I also remember... Uh, Logan, Alex's older brother. Yeah. And Mark, his really good friend, who is a great older than us. Yeah. Coming around a corner, dude. Like, Logan's running this way, and Mark's running this way by the bathrooms. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they met there and just... I remember the collision, yeah. The collision, the dude. Collision. And I was like, that is nasty. I had no, no context for that collision. That's crazy that you... That you remember any of this? Because all I remember of of that night is is doing it. You've reminded me that the the collision was during that game. That we had a come to Christ moment during during that. And then the and then the Jesus character, oh, which was Travis, get crucified at the end of it. Got fucking crucified. He, he died, dude. What? That game is so crazy, Odyssey. Like, so here, here's here's why I don't remember so much of that game, is because at some point during that game, I realized I was I. It's it probably more because I was tired mm. more than anything. It was at night. It was at night. Uh, at the end of a at the end of a like full day of camp, and I was tired. Kind of wanted to go to bed, and I just lost interest in the game. Oh no, dude. Like, I, I remember watching uh, Travis, like, carry the cross across the hallway. And then I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of fun. And then walking away. <laughs> like, it it was, like, later in the night that I realized, like, oh, he's, he's, it's he's, Jesus. He's like, Jesus. I, I get it. That's funny. Dude, I remember them lining him up on the coffee bar and just. I, wa- I wasn't in the room for that. Like, dude, and he was. Ah! Ah! I was like, they're crucifying Jesus. They're actually crucifying a gay guy trying to pretend <laughs> to be Jesus. You think Travis is, is gay? Is it? Is he gay? He's trans. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, Rosalind. Is it Rosalind? I, hey, Ro- oh, is, is, Rosie, Rosie, if you're watching this, um, I follow you on Instagram, and what you're doing is awesome. I don't remember your name, and I'm sorry about that. Oh, and I'll say this. I didn't even know. <laughs> you were always a dope person, um, and I don't give a shit if you're trans. So fucking awesome. Oh, if you're yeah. trans, dope. Um, that is a person. Reach I, out. Join the Patreon. Dude, okay. join the Patreon. Uh, I would love to have conversations with 
a bunch of people from the church who were gay. We we talked about uh, we uh, you you and Cameron mentioned Tyler uh, T Guzman, uh-huh. and I wish I knew what that what that kid was up to. Oh, bro, he's so hot. I don't doubt that. Even oh, a he bit. is. Yeah, he is. He's full gay. I'm pretty sure. Um, I look him up on Facebook sometimes, and I go, "Oh, you don't even look the same." Um, uh, dude, well, you know, you know about me, okay? You I know, know about, about you. me. Do I know about you? Tell me what I know about you. That I, I'm not, I'm not. I'll suck a little cock. Okay. 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 We've talked about this for sure because we busted up. Did you? We busted up talking about it when you were driving, and I was, I was in the back seat <laughs> with Nathan, yeah. and I went, and I just, I just out of the blue went, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just gonna okay. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say it, and that, they were like, "What are you talking about?" At and I was that like, point, you hadn't like, as far as I know, like come out to the world or anything like that. I had. You guys just weren't aware because you guys were talking about like because Nathan was talking about how his team is so diverse, how we have an Asian guy who's Mexican and two other Mexicans and like two black guys and then some white fat guy, and I went, "Yeah, well, you know, it's all gay too." So. But uh, that's what I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, hey, good on you. I don't give a fuck. And I also straight up, we can talk about this after the pod or yes. another time. I don't think Jesus gives a fuck either. And that's a big thing that I was I was listening to with Josh's Sermon on the Mount that I went. I highly disagree that the Bible says really anything about homosexuality. Oh, not not okay. anything, but yeah. specifically in um, in the New Testament. I think that it's very debatable on what they were talking about. Okay. And when Jesus is talking about what people say is, is um, homosexuality, where he says, do you not know that um, from the beginning God made man and woman to be married and joined at one flesh? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily referring to homosexuality there. A lot of times he's referring to divorce. So to oh, me, okay. I look at what is Jesus really speaking about? And I okay. know that he says man and woman, and you can, you can say, well, you know, based off of that, but to me, it's a little more up in the air. And again, we can talk about that a little after. Yeah. I mean, again, this is if, – if you guys take nothing else from this conversation, it is that Chandler and I are in a, at a disagreement about something that we've read and experienced in the Bible. And we are going to have a nuanced conversation about it where we get a little bit closer to what absolute truth looks like. And it doesn't make me love you any less. It doesn't. Yeah. Like I that's like, how it is. And and that's just something that I try to, to preach today is like we need disagreement. We do. Like we have to have it. Yep. Because like you're saying, that's the only way to really get closer to what the truth is. Yep. Iron sharpens iron. That's what it, really what it comes down to. It's going to hurt. That like the analogies that we get for what your walk what growing in your spiritual life is actually going to look like are Iron sharpening iron, which is literally just two pieces of iron, like, rubbing up against each other to, like, make each other sharper, which is literally shaving off pieces of both parts, like, ruining, not ruining, but, uh, like, chipping off pieces of each other to become better objects. Um, Better tools, better weapons, yeah. going through a crucible to, you know... Filter out all of the all of the not good stuff, and neither of those don't inflict some amount of pain, mm. an incredible amount of pain, and that is, I you know I believe a 
a tenant of spiritual growth. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And I'm sorry, but that's just reality. And I don't like it any more than anybody else does. And for people who are hurting, can I bring you some soup? Like, I, like <laughs> can we have a conversation? Like, I'm sorry that it's hurting, and I'm sorry that you're going through it. I want to be there for you, and that's the the capital C there, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, truth is hard, man. Truth is hard. And is. there's a lot of things. I mean, dude, like for me, I've really been diving into a lot of other scriptures outside of the Bible as well. Um, Good on you. Different gospels that were written, like, a, maybe a little later, but around that same time period. And you should. Books like that. Um, and in the Gospel of Thomas, it actually, like, the second or the third verse because it's only one chapter, it's yeah. 114 um, verses, it says that when a man finds truth, he's going to become um, disturbed. And that after and after he becomes disturbed, he's going to be astonished. And after he's astonished, he's going to rule over all. And I don't know what that end means, but I definitely know what those first two mean. I think I can tell you that. Okay, tell me. that question. Do you... The, the Imago Dei, the, the image of God... Okay. God is the ruler of creation. And for us to be like God, as uh, Adam was given uh, his responsibility in Genesis, is to govern and be responsible for the things that are in front of us. Our image of, to be an image of God means to be ruler of, again, the, the area he has given us dominion over. If you're, again, for us, I, I gave the example of like a bank account. It is our responsibility to be wise within that that bank account. Mm -hmm. First, we will discover a, a truth about money that like makes us a little bit uncomfortable. And then will we be astonished by the massive possibilities and doors that that both opens and shuts. And then, and only then, well, we know enough wisdom about that to be good rulers over it. The wow. image of God over our bank account. And again, that's a very specific example, but Makes sense. That's, that's, in my opinion, where we're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, were you the one who was with me when we saw Yoder eat shit? Uh, when he... At the at the park? Yeah. No. You were? I'm just kidding. That was me. You were? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you sitting on the park bench. Yeah. I, I, I remember sent, that. I, sent, I spent a lot of time with you and Colton walking from Centennial to uh, the Pursuit, so I couldn't remember like if it was you guys yeah. or who it was. Dude. So, shout out to Andrew Yoder. Uh, good friend. He's working out at, you know, Shidaho Shakespeare Festival. Um, oh, that's awesome. Hey, good for you. And this kid with a... Big ass red afro, dude. Set up a park bench right next to a basketball hoop, and he was like, "I think I'm gonna do some parkour." So he like runs to the to the table and jumps, and then like hangs on the not even the rim, but like the back of the basketball hoop. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, "Damn, that kid's got long arms." And the next thing I know, dude, he falls and just blah, on the on the ground, dude, just back and he just goes 
and me and Ashley were like, oh shit, we should go help that guy. So we like walked over. Dude, he could have died. You know? Like yeah. if he if he hit his yeah. head and he didn't have a helmet, you no, know? Absolutely. I'm glad he landed on his back. Back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not his feet, but his back, yeah. You know, but... his back, you know, worse than his feet, better than his head. Yeah. True. True. You know. True. So that's cool. Yeah. But yeah. did knock the wind out of him, but did uh that's so crazy i just remember walking by that and i was like wow that was uh i remember laughing really hard after we left that yeah, <laughs> yeah we were like but that shit was funny <laughs> dude okay two more questions okay. uh, two questions for okay you. here we go um and none of them have to do with church oh okay cool, cool, cool do cool, you cool. run do like, i run are you a runner i i can't can't so I, as much as I would love to, and genuine truth, I would love to run a half marathon or a full marathon one mm-hmm. day. Uh, my knees won't let me because my growth plate fell out of my right knee and I broke my left knee when I uh, got hit by the truck. I have the worst knees of anyone I've met. Crazy. You should talk to my mom. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there are people with worse knees, but like <laughs> genuinely, I have some really bad knees for a 20-something-year-old. Yeah, you got, like, 40-year-old knees in your 24-year-old body. Yeah, like, zippers on my on my knees. Like, I look like I've had I've had them replaced multiple times. Wow, dude. So, that's you, cool. Did you run before that? Uh, or because of your growth plate, did you still not run? I I couldn't. I got more into, into hiking and biking because biking doesn't actually require the pressure on your, on your knees. Right. Where are you going with this? Um, I just wanted to talk about, like, uh, the impact that Josh and Andrew had on our lives. Um, for me, mm-hmm. for me, like, I would have never been a runner. Like, I, yeah. like, I obviously look at me. It's not like I'm fucking the most healthy person in the world. But I really enjoy long-distance running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, lately, the last two weeks, dude, I've been hitting it hard, bro. Because yeah. I was, like, because I'm going back to school and I really want to start, like, really feeling healthy and feeling good. And I just realized when I was running today, I was, like, I would have never done this no. if it wasn't for them. I, To your point, um, I don't long-distance run like, like they did. Um, my first big experience riding uh, bike riding was with Andrew. And I can throw a, f- a Frisbee. Yep, facts. Like nobody else. Dude, I, I would never know how to throw a hammer I if it wasn't for never Chris know. Stoddard. Yeah. Like, there are... Uh, an incredible amount of like small things in all of our lives that we can be like, oh yeah, that was that was those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a lot of them are little things like, oh, I know how to throw a frisbee. Like, you know, things like that. But that's like this. I just realized what you were doing. I'm talking like this. I don't know how to do it anymore. But like, just making dumbass jokes like that. Like, yeah. Well, it's like. Have you ever walked into a crowd and just had the urge to yell, Spider-Man? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I like, don't. Bro, I don't. You don't. I don't, but that's fucking hilarious. Did we it's do that? It's so funny. We, whenever some, we would just yell, Spider-Man, back and forth. Do you remember? In Australian accent. Do you remember the frippy dip wap, the tiki slap? No. Actually, that, <laughs> that does sound familiar. That it was riffraff. We used to talk riffraff. <laughs> Freaking dicky slap. Um, the dip the slap. Or like Egyptian linens, dude. Oh or... my god, the linens of Egypt. Yeah. Um <laughs> my last question for you, bro, yeah. is okay, um 
Actually, I got two more. I know that I said I had two more. I actually have three. I'm ready. Let's and the go. last one does have to do with your beliefs. I wish I would have brought this up with Cameron on the podcast. We talked about it a little bit afterwards because it was a bit of a We're point. We're getting the band back together. It was a bit of point of contention for us. But how was, because I know that you went, how was Australia? I mean, I, it, obviously it was 2016, so it's six years ago. Can, can I be honest? Yeah. One of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. Really? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys just went like hiking a ton and. Yeah. Well, um, hiking a ton. We did spend uh, a good few days uh, in the in the Blue Mountains. We were trying to convince Josh to play the penis game for like a good amount of that hike. He wouldn't do it. What is the penis game? What do you mean? What is the penis Bro, game? <laughs> I remember a lot, dude. I don't remember the penis game. We were just trying. Oh, to- penis! Like were you trying to say it louder? Yeah. And shit? Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I was like, gotcha. we were we were isolated, and we were like, maybe this is the moment where we're going to get Josh <laughs> Branham to say the word penis. I've never heard Josh say the word penis. He and won't, bro. He won't do it. Good on him, um, bro. I remember when Nathan. <laughs> I remember. I when know Nathan what you're talking about. Was with a bitch. <laughs> Love that guy. Love his wife. Great people. But I remember when we were hiking and he was like, yeah, Marie, that bitch. And I was like, yo, dude. You can't say that. I was like, brother. Brother. Brother in Christ. Uh, uh, yeah. We we spent a, a good amount of time. Uh, we spent a good amount of time walking because that was most of our mode of transportation. And... Honestly, like I don't have a bad memory of that mm. of that two weeks, and I feel like I can remember a good amount of most of it. Um, Harrison almost died. Oh, what? Did you not hear about this, dude? I was gone. I left the my um, the eleventh grade winter. Yeah, no, I I re- remember. Uh, I remember when you stopped showing up. Well, I made that. Sh- I made that video on Facebook called my coming out video. I don't remember that. Um, where I said that Jesus wasn't the son of God. Is that uh, it? Um, I remember hearing that you did that. So kind of sick of you to say that I hadn't come out to the world before. Um, Cause I definitely did. I told him that I was an atheist. Uh, no, well, <laughs> here's the thing is I remember that a video was made and I remember never watching it because my opinion of you was not going to change regardless. Thank you. Here I am. I'm doing a podcast. I still haven't watched the video, and I probably never will because I'm going to have a nuanced conversation with him about it. Um, Keep talking about how it was sad after I left. <laughs> oh, fearless leader. <laughs> Benevolent and wise is he. No, dude, what happened to Harrison? So we had gone um, – we went to a beach, and um, – Australia is full of, of of cliff sides and coast, and a lot of those cliff sides break into the into the the land a little bit, where you can find a a nice calm cove where that you can actually like cliff jump into. Yeah. So and we have this on video, actually, so you can watch the video. Um, but there was a point where we got to the we had climbed you know most of the morning and we had gotten to a cove. Where we're like, okay, you know, the the water's coming in. That probably means it's going to be good to jump. Chris jumps in, and we were like, okay, Chris, you know, he was fine. He gave us the the okay to go. We were like, okay, cool. 
he's gonna he's gonna go. So actually, Braxton actually jumps in after him, and he's fine. Um, the climbed up onto the onto the rock, and you know everything was good. Evan Evan lost a, a GoPro during that experience because it was attached to Braxton's head. So when he hit the water, it flew off his head. And there's a whole story behind that as well. You can ask Evan when you go to Oregon with us. Or when he comes on this podcast. Been trying to get on. Trying to get him on, bro. It's not my fault. Um, Busy guy. So then uh, Harrison's going to go. And he, he jumps and he falls. It's like a good two or three seconds of falling. Like it's a high. It's a high jump. And in the time that he was falling, the uh, the wave had gone from going into the cove where we wanted it to go, and it had turned back into going out into the ocean again. So he hits the water, and we we're like, "Oh, it's Harrison! Like he's like bar none the fittest of all of us in the easily like without a doubt a man uh, among boys." Yeah, yeah, of co- yeah. He had a full beard. Anyway, um, <laughs> in like fifth grade, yeah. So he hits the he hits the water, and we're like, "Oh, okay, you know, like the tide is strong, and we'll give it that." But this is Harrison we're talking about. Like, there, there's no way, there's no way, and you know, ten seconds goes by, twenty seconds goes by, like, and again, there's a video, so. Um, We've watched it. We've watched it through a couple of times, you know, with with Harrison there. But like, it's that is probably the most scared I've ever been in my life. Was standing on that on that cove, watching like the tiny blip that is, you know, one like at this point, Harrison and I have seen each other every day for like the last three and a half years or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, watching that person go above and below reappear like 30 yards back from where he was supposed to be watching, uh, watching Chris, like hold out his arm. And at one point Harrison actually climbed up and a wave took him back down, uh, into the water. And again, the, the most scared that I've ever been for myself or anyone. Um, he came when he came back up. We were like, we're not, we're like, we left. Yeah, we're not jumping. Yeah, like that was after that. We like, no, nobody else was going to jump. Uh, like Chris and Chris and Josh. Josh had climbed down in order to to help in any way he could. Um, they, they climbed back up the, up the cove and yeah, we walked, we walked out. Yeah. Like that. That's terrifying, bro. Was, yeah. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, does he remember it? Like, was he, I hope so. I, I know. But like, <laughs> did he like explain to you guys what had happened to him? Like he was just getting caught by undercurrents or like, yeah. Um, and again, there's, there's a video. So, how much of it he remembers from actually being there versus you know him because we watched the video all together later that later that night um i 
I don't know. I'm thinking about it now and I'm wondering, like, I wonder what the story he would tell you now is now that he's had time to think and reflect, knowing that like his then girlfriend is now the mother of two of his children. Two. Two. Yeah. Like he probably has a very different recollection of that story now, um, knowing what his life has become since then. And like, you know, a good way, but, um, well, now I got to go see Harrison. <laughs> Bro, I want Harrison to come on the podcast. I reached out to Harrison and Davis um, and some other people who, to me, I know that you have uh, continually been involved in church and haven't, ne- I mean, I don't want to speak for your life story, but haven't necessarily stepped away from it for any huge major point in your life. Um, and it seems to me like Davis... Harrison um, are kind of similar in ways. Um, and I, I don't know, so I don't want to speak to that. But I definitely want to have some of those guys who are still involved heavily. Yeah, without like, giving on. away too much, you should ask them that question because I don't think the answer is what you think it is. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's and the thing. we should have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have. I have reached out to them. Ah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I messaged you guys all the same thing. I heard back from you. And Ev's been wanting to come on forever. Alex has been wanting to come on forever, but he doesn't. Uh, Nathan doesn't live here. Christian, Christian said that he'd come on uh, when he's in town or something. Jeremy, I want to do a Zoom call with Jeremy, and then Matt McGaw also yeah. got back to me. Um, yeah, man, that is crazy about Harrison. Uh, glad that he's alive. I am but too. I can, dude. I can only imagine. Um. Lastly, bro, before we kind of exit out of this, Odyssey, thank you so much for being here. Oh, of course. Uh, As the secondary leader of our life group, I really appreciate you and all of your insight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, At times, you could say even I looked up to you as a kid. It was it was Uh, like a it was looking less down. You could say that I was like he can be the leader. Sometimes you gave me the opportunity. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I mean, where are you at today, man? Where am I at today? Um, I'm in your apartment. Facts. Yeah. Uh, I, I assuming that that's a, that's a spiritual question. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you standing with Jesus and God and doctrine and the Bible? And I, here's, here's what I do now is that Jesus is Jesus is the son of God that he is who he says he is I believe that he came down and um he came down to to pay for our sins and I believe that the things that are written in the Bible are true and that he came to fulfill those things Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now is making the leap from those things that are, I believe absolute truth um, and bridging the gap between what I know to be reality. So for example, there's some 
really messed up shit that happens in the Bible. Really, like, I still cannot get over the whole guard, uh, guard, uh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart thing. That's a that's a real. Do you know what I'm talking about? God heart, uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart, like for the punishment of the Jews, like right before Moses brought the plagues to him. Yes. So if you look at um, Exodus, the first time Moses asked uh, Pharaoh to let them go, Pharaoh just says no. In I don't know if it's all the subsequent uh, times he asks, or uh, maybe there's one more where he doesn't say that. The phrase, God hardens Pharaoh's heart against the, the Israelites, whatever they were called at that point. Jews. I guess, is, yeah, the, the Jews out of Egypt. <laughs> Not technically. We will get into that history lesson <laughs> later. The the Israelites. Uh, God hardens Pharaoh's hearts against the Israelites so that he could, um, what is essentially just show off his power. That's an actual event that happens in the Bible. And my goal right now is to know enough about God's character and what true justice actually means to look at that event and say, no, that was good. Because right now, like, honest to God, I couldn't do that. I cannot explain to you how the benevolent God of the universe could justify that in any way other than saying, like, I'm justice and this is the way it is. But that's the shit that made me leave the Bible college. And I have to get to the point where either I decide that I trust God enough to, to follow him through that, or I don't. And that, that's, that's where I am. I you know, spend time trying to figure figure out, learn about God's character enough to, to actually answer that question. The Bible Project is actually a, a, a fantastic resource that I think anyone even curious about some of the, the nuances of Scripture should go, it's go check podcast. out. It's a great podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. And I've learned a tremendous amount from, from listening to that. Honestly more nuanced conversation and just digging deeper into, okay, what does the gospel of Thomas say? And if it wasn't included in the, in the canon of the Bible, I'm going to find out why, because it obviously has, according to the early church, some sort of something that is against what they believed the character of God was. And I'd like to find out what that was. Right. Right. So, um, do I feel solid in my foundation of Christ? I do. I do I do feel solid in my foundation of Christ. I'm not leaving the church anytime soon. Um but I also think that our that our upbringing not necessarily through the pursuit itself, but just as humans who live in the northwest of America between the years of 1990 seven and 2022 it was a lacking upbringing and we were told things that people believed are genuine truth that we're finding out doesn't align with what actual truth is 
I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. I, I mean, I love that spirit. I think that we, God definitely calls us to always be hungry for knowledge mm. and hungry to continue learning. Um, for me, I can't forget, I can't, I don't remember if it was Paul or if it was Jesus who said this, but, um, one of those important guys, one of those important <laughs> guys. I mean, personally, I got some issues with Paul that I'm dealing with God with about right now. Uh, but among which are his runoff sentences. Uh, oh, my goodness. Go on. And and just yeah, just the fact that, man, like, it, you know, sometimes you're like, listen, I'm Paul, and you know that I'm Paul because I'm writing this really big. And you're like, Paul, what does this have to do with anything in the Bible? So anyway, I can't remember if it was Paul or Jesus who said this, but, he, it, but it's said in the Bible that the word of the law brings death and the spirit of the law brings life. And I can't remember if it was Jesus who said it. I can't remember if it was Paul who said it. But that's something that I have been continually trying to search out for myself. Right. Um, and to live like Proverbs 3, I think it's 3, 5, that says, be still and know that I am God. Um, sure. Even in, even in places in my life where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm personally really struggling with Jesus. Um. I, I feel like I'm way more, like, founded, not founded, but, like, I'm way more confident in the Holy Spirit yeah. than I am in Jesus at all. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's okay because just, like, I'm getting that and what you're kind of getting that, too, is it's, like, it's okay to kind of have these thoughts and these doubts. And that's when you have nuanced conversation and you can get a little closer to truth. Yep. So thank you, Odyssey. Yeah. I really appreciate you, bro. Uh, I love you, and I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and speaking your speaking your truth. Um, do you have anything else to say to these people before we leave? Anything else to say to these people before we leave? Uh, you did call yourself a white American. I just want to throw that I out. Did and you're not a, white at I all. I am not a, at all. I'm not a white American. Um, there. <laughs> I just like, us white Americans. Us I was like, Amer are you good? What? Yo, you're working at a bank, but are you good, bro? Like, so as somebody who at the bank uh, once got blamed for 9/11. No. Yeah, that's a that's an actual thing that happened. The customer's name was Larry. Bro, you don't even have a beard. I don't even have a beard. <laughs> I was wearing a mask, to be fair. Okay. But um, no, I do not consider myself a white American. Um, I. Genuinely think there is a, a nuanced conversation about race that needs to be needs to be had because I don't think it's nearly as solved as some people think it is, and I don't think it's nearly as unsolved as some people think it is. You think in general or just in, in church? In general. Oh, okay. in a, 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 not especially in the church, but like the I believe so much that the white American church thinks that. We've solved racism in a way that's just untrue. And you can find that episode on Patreon slash Fair the Burn. Thank you guys. Really appreciate you. Uh, and we will see you next week for hopefully another Life Group episode. This is episode 38. Be good to yourselves. Bye, bitches. I take this life too serious to watch it pass me by. I'm awake, I'm aware, not delirious This is me and it feel right I'm a star in the waiting area This era is my prime I'll pack the load, I'll carry ya If I can find the time
This kind of feels like basement eyes. Philosophize my life, but green are vaporized. I hate my life. When I sleep in, I'm keeping my secrets close to my heart. You'll have to kill me to get me goofing, geeking. I'm seeking out greatness, but the cost is my regular likeness. Leave